The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Damn Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. I'm going to go ahead and apologize, Angie, to you and the people listening for the last episode because I know for a fact I sounded pissed off and I sounded like I wasn't in a very good mood. We talked about that. But the sun is shining on this wonderful Monday morning in March in Portland. Angie, what's up? How you doing before we get into anything? I'm, I'm awesome. Yes, the sun's shining. I made it to the gym this morning. Look at that. Didn't die at the gym. So, you know, hey, now that now that recruiting and football season's over, I'm trying to get back into the swing of the gym. I can walk again. And the sun was shining. You're right. It's freezing cold, but I'll take it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, not some since I started that off in such a positive mood, we're just going to go ahead and get the bad news out of the way. The Beavers men's basketball team, I don't want to say they Ouch. laid a goose egg, but they I don't think they performed well at all. I know Arizona hit that last game winning shot. That wasn't that, I mean, regardless, it was just like you have to box out. I didn't like out. the way the Beavers played that, though, yeah, because they, it felt to me that they were just playing them for overtime. I mean, you know, They just assumed it was going to overtime. Yeah, right. And I think that's how it was in both games is that not playing for overtime, but the fact that they just didn't come out. And, you know, I'm going to put it on the fans, too. Gil was not electric. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't packed. It wasn't full. It wasn't even close to full. It actually looked pretty empty. From the pictures I saw, I didn't go. So if someone was there, please, uh, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, when Gil is packed, the fans are in it, the players are in it, that's where, you know, that's where those big games come. And, you know, people say this is Oregon State's best team they've had in a long time, which, you know, you could argue it is, it isn't. But regardless, I would say the Pac-12 is down right now, unfortunately. And, you know, I just want to see Oregon State take full advantage of that. And they, I, because I think they have a pretty decent team. And, you know, if they could have at least swept the Arizona schools at home, which it, it's not an easy task, but, you know, I think we're a lot better than the Ducks are this season and the Ducks did it. So that's yeah. that's something that, you know, it's going to sting a little bit. But regardless, you know, there's still a couple games. I think there's what? two Is there two more games left? Right? They go. Uh, yeah, but they have to go to Washington. Yeah, they go They're to on the road. Washington. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Cougars have been playing better this season. And, and uh, I mean, the Huskies are in a league of their own. But, yeah, yeah the Beavers went 0 for 4 with the Desert Schools this this uh It's, it's rough, but, hey. It is all right because you want to know why, Angie, is because we have spring ball coming up. And I'm not trying to flip the switch and say, like, forget basketball because that's not the case. But I'm a big football guy, as everybody knows. And so I'm excited for this. Spring ball, I love spring ball. I loved everything about spring ball. At the time as a player, I was like, damn, this kind of sucks because the practices are long. But, hey, the music's bumping. You get to be out there playing some football. Like, there's nothing else you could ask for. And, Angie, kind of – in a way, I and I don't want to catch you off guard. We didn't talk about this before we started, but uh, is there a position group like out of any of them that you are most excited to see? I, you know, I'm just excited for after I went down on Friday for the Beaver Combine, so they, it's a new thing they did. Um, I walked away. I mean, pretty impressed with you know just their overall fitness. So I mean, I have I want to see quarterbacks. I, I want to see what they're doing, but I think it all starts up front. And I want to, I want to see that defensive line, the offensive line, you know, Marcus, you've been doing breakdowns, position breakdowns, and you were brutally honest with the D line breakdown Mm -hmm. and the fact that they have to get better. Um, And that's, you know, kind of where my eyes are going to be tomorrow at practice. Absolutely. And, 
you know, when I was being brutally honest, I was because I'm ex- I'm so excited to see these. I'm I'm really excited to see these new transfers, but I'm also excited just to see what improvements they've made because Angie, you talked about that Beaver Combine a little bit. I got a chance to see some of the numbers. Like I said, I don't know if we can share the numbers, but yeah, I saw- there's there's some impressive things, and I I want to just get off first right off the bat. Um, Omar Hicks Onu, I know yes. he's a friend of yours. He has really struggled with injuries. I, I don't. I know he's coming off an ACL now, but it might have been a second ACL. I think he it, might have had two. I think it was just one, but I think I, I can't remember. I'll I'll talk to him about it. But regardless, Andy but regardless, right. he's coming off. He's coming off an ACL this past year. He didn't play. He's been limited. The he he uh, the official number came out for him on the broad jump. He led the team in the broad, standing broad jump with a ten foot eight inch broad jump. That's that's crazy. That's, that shows power, right? That's mm-hmm. one of the, the the jumps that they do to show power. He also ran a four four zero forty. So Which, um, here, it, that's hand time, yeah, mind you. But um, again, as I said in the lodge, that hats off to Omar because that a shows that he's feeling good and recovered, but it also shows that he's worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. Is I and you know, obviously, I know by personal experience. ACLs and how hard they are to get back and you know people always tell me and actually Dan Fouts told me this too not only you know because I told him about my ACLs but he was just saying you know there's two things that you know not define a player but ACLs can define a player they either one they start your career meaning that they basically open your eyes to a whole new thing that I have to work hard or they'll end it because you feel sorry for yourself and Omar yeah absolutely took it upon himself and worked stupid hard. I, you know, I, I don't want to sound I mean, like you I, think about that. Yeah, you, you've yeah. been through the ACL. I mean, it's a lot of sitting around and not being able to work out. It is, and it's a lot and of... And then it's it's the, coming back from that. And to, to do that, I, I mean, like I said, that, that shows, uh, just to take your rant, that he's, he's working hard and not trying to be the cool guy. Absolutely, and just, you know, just to close that on Omar is that, you know, talk about if you run... You know, regardless, running four fours, you know, broad jumps, whatever it is. But, you know, physically, it's one thing. But mentally, he's conquered that mentally. And I think that is the biggest thing. I'm going to look to Omar, especially in the spring. Angie, I still don't know. You might know better than me if he's full go back. I think he is. He is. Um, He'll be a full go. And absolutely. That's something. That's something. If anyone's, you know, catching the spring, anything like that, keep Omar in mind because, you know, if you can conquer an ACL and come back and put up those big type of numbers, he's already prepped himself for a breakout season. So that's something because to keep Marcus, in mind. tell me that, isn't it? There, there is that mental, um, maybe a block that can happen of just that worry of is it is it stable? Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen again? Absolutely. I mean, you have that, yeah. Yeah, and you know that that's what happened to me this the first time. And so the first time I was like, man, like I just don't know. And then finally, you know, I sat down with Coach Lockett, sat down with Coach Mitch. And they were like, man, like, you have to understand, like, don't let this define your career. Don't, you know, don't let it be like that. You're a great player. Just play. And I was like, all right, you're right. And so after that, then that's when, you know, I started feeling more comfortable and then eventually earned some starting spots. But that's the kind of thing, like, you could tell that Omar and these players have been putting in this kind of work, Angie, just because those numbers, I would put, you know, I'm not saying I get paid a lot because I certainly don't, but I put every single paycheck (laughs) on the fact that their numbers – would absolutely blow my class's numbers and everyone before me out of the water. Absolutely. Not saying like uh, not everyone before me, like years and years, but I'm saying in the time I was at Oregon State, 
there's there's no chance that we would have put up numbers like that. You know, you got running backs that are putting up, you know, and I know that we put up like four fives, four fours, but broad jumps, you know, everything between, you know, Angie, it's just it was a good feeling to see those kind of numbers. That's what I'm trying to yeah. get out of this, is that you could tell that they worked hard this offseason. And so I'm just excited to see what the spring is going to bring. Yeah, and, and you know, I had a chance to talk to Coach uh, Smith and Coach Lindgren. Um, I also spoke with the new coach, Coach Blue, and I'm working on that story as well. I mean, just talking to Coach Smith, he's just – I know people on Blitz kind of laughed at me when I wrote the story, but he's optimistic. And you know, he did say, he goes, we have work to do. But he said last year, you know, spring was – still trying to get acquainted. They'd been on campus for a couple months with this team. Um, There were tons of injuries. They had to teach the guys proper technique during the winter. Um, They really didn't get a chance. And they're they're really hitting the ground running. There's, I think, four or five guys that won't be participating fully this uh, this spring. But other than that, they're they're all good to go. And they just feel a lot better of where they're at. And, you know, talking to Coach Lindgren with the quarterbacks and, and the receivers and everybody, you know, Last year, they didn't know the terminology. They were just really basic, basic stuff they were trying to learn with the staff and, and, the, and the players. So um, this year, a year under their belt, they have two experienced guys with Coletto and Luton that um, have game time experience. And, and the rest of the guys know kind of expectations, first and foremost, but they also know all the terminology, all the play calls. So they feel that they can really kind of take better advantage of spring ball this year. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And they will be able to do that because it's there's no more, you know, and this is me being a hard ass in a way, is that there's no more like, okay, Coach Smith had to get all his feet wet and get everything under him, get all of the staff, the players all together. There's no more of that. Now it's like, okay, now we need to start seeing results, right? So yeah, in the spring, exactly. if, they ha- if they have a poor spring, then that's a problem. Then Oregon State fans, I don't want to say you should – Actually, that's exactly what I'm going to say. You should be worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And I, But that's, that's the thing. I don't think that's the case because – I know there's a difference between, you know, running in a straight line as fast as you can and catching a ball and making a play, but there's steps to the, you know, there's steps to take and those are the those are the steps. If the players are getting more explosive and you can see that and the numbers don't lie, then that's a big thing. Now it's the next step and I think this is the step that coach A and his staff couldn't get over, and especially with my team, we couldn't get over it. We couldn't get over the fact that instead of coming out being excited for practice, we were just trying to hit you a point. it. Yeah, we were like, man, I don't want to go to practice. And I know I sit on this podcast and tell everybody that I was super excited because I was, but I know for a fact that there's there's always times that you're like, man, you know, I don't do I really want to go to practice? Like, dang, we're doing practice. But that's that's how you mentally train yourself to be prepared for something like this. So if these players can come out and do that, that's already another huge step. But like we said, they're not off the hook. Like this is those numbers are cool, but now we need to see results in the spring. We need to see a really good spring game because as much as everyone's been excited about the spring game the past couple of years, it hasn't been good. I'm just going to I'm I'm going to be straightforward. It has not been a good spring game. So no. now it's time to see some real results. I want players making plays. I want defense making plays especially, and that's what I want to lead into next Angie is obviously we know that the defense needs to improve, but these, I think it's a big test for these transfers because now it's the time that everyone gets to see, right? All the hype is done. If you were brought to, you know, the signing dinner like they were, then, you know, that means that there's quite a bit expectations for them to have, right? And there's a lot that they need to prove. 
And I think they're going to do that. I really do. Because I, I even stood by some of those guys, and I know I'm not a small guy. And I was like, damn. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, these guys are, like, legit, big size, big-time college football players. So that's why I want to see. It's a mentality change, mm-hmm. right? And that's that was one thing I've, I've talked to a couple people kind of off the record when I was in a Corvallis on Friday was the culture has changed. It's, it's changing. And those transfers, they were big-time recruits at, that played at big-time programs. And the mentality that, that they're bringing in to practice every day is helping to change that culture of, you know, we didn't come here to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's making everyone compete harder. Right, and that, that has to be it. Like, if if they just came here to get playing time, then, you know, I'm not going to be that guy saying that it's going to be the same results. But if they come in yeah. with the mentality that obviously we think that they have, then, you know, it's already going to be better because these are good football players coming here, right? And yeah. they have something to prove. And if you play with a chip on your shoulder, it's so much different. Everything is so much different. And that's that's why, you know, in the springtime, I think it was my last season or right before I got hurt, running back was wide open. We had Ryan Nall, but running back was wide open it was because every single running back on that roster had a chip on the shoulder, and we wanted, and all of us wanted to prove something. We wanted to prove something to the coaches that, listen, you might think Nall is the guy. You know, granted, he was the guy, but you know, we wanted to prove that it's not just him. Like we could take that starting spot, and so that's I think that's what they're going to have. I'm really excited to see that Angie, and you know, quite frankly, I just want to know who the starting quarterback's going to be. I really do. Yeah, and well. That's a big one, and I—I I mean, tell me, Mark. I mean, does it make it easier if they name him earlier than later? I think so, absolutely. Because if you—you you don't want to drag it on, because then it's just like kind of what we've seen. And I know the spring is the time for that, so I guess if there's a time to drag it on, it's in the spring. But that hasn't worked for us. It hasn't. I think we've had poor quarterback play. You know, granted, it, we haven't made it easy for the quarterback, but just in general, I just think they need to solidify who the starter is. And then from there, have someone try to chase him, right? Try to chase him, and if he earns a spot, he earns a spot. But don't have it be, you know, this guy's taking most of the reps, or not this guy's taking most reps, but like splitting the reps in a way, I guess I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to say, I, I'm going off anyway. Anyways, what I was basically well, trying to say. Well, quarterback, though, let's, let's talk a little recruiting for a yes. second. Because today, Oregon State's top QB for the 2020 class, Ethan Garbers at a Corona Del Mar high school down in California announced that he committed to Washington. Okay. Mm. Let me, let me just tell you Washington's quarterback room for a second, because I want whatever Chris Peterson selling these guys. Okay. So you have former five star and the number one QB in the 2016 class, Jacob Eason. You have 2018 four star and top five dual threat QB in Colson Yankoff top five, pro-style QB, and a top 100 athlete in redshirt freshman Jacob Sermon. And then 2019, you signed four-star and the number four pro-style quarterback in the country, Dylan Morris. And now you just got Ethan Garbers. What in the hell is Chris Peterson selling? Yeah, well, that's... That we have to, <laughs> we have to figure out what he's selling because that's because so- I mean this is quarterback right, and this is Chris Peterson who loves to find himself a a freshman and ride that guy uh-huh. senior year. Yeah, well that's and you're right, Angie. Like, what is he selling him? Because I, you know, and I've always said this. Right now, the the best thing for Oregon State to sell is the fact that listen, if you come here, you're gonna play. Like, there's no doubt that you're gonna play. But 
you know, that's where I want to see this team improve is because at the end of the day, what is going to want to get people to go places is winning. That's what it is. It's winning. If you win, nobody likes to be a loser. I hate losing. We've already talked about this hundreds of times. I don't want to lose. You don't want to lose. Oregon State fans don't like losing in anything. And I and that's the thing. So we have to that Oregon State has to win games in order to land because think about it. Say Oregon State wins five games, right? This last season. In a competition like this, say Oregon State's top guy commits to Washington, right? But that room's already stacked. If we win a couple more games, I guarantee you it won't it wouldn't be like that. I think he would take it into more consideration that okay. The, it, the competition isn't as bad, right, or as competitive. And then if I can come here, I think I can play here compared to playing somewhere at Washington. But what, what makes Washington better in Oregon State is the fact that they've won. They win games. Okay. You know, they're, they're kind of a, yeah. a tradition. I don't know. It's a dynasty right now. It, but, I, mean, uh, that's, I mean, that's crazy, especially with quarterbacks, because you yeah. don't see that. You, you don't. I mean, that's why the, I mean, I, I said in the lodge that the transfer portal is going to be the Beavers' friend mm-hmm. until they get up and running. Well, they yeah, they should definitely take full advantage of the transfer portal portal and they you know, they obviously have. So Yeah. That that's a good thing. But Angie, is it time for some damn questions? Let's do some damn questions. Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since two thousand eleven. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information. Okay, Marcus, are you ready for some damn questions? Let's do it, Angie. Okay, I've got one here from Coach Morrow, OSU. Do you two feel that our number ones are good enough to compete in the Pac-12? And if we're lucky, health-wise, that we could get to that five or six win mark? Whew. What I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, <laughs> what I'm going to say is, I certainly think they're good enough to compete because if we just go athlete to athlete. You look at somewhere like UCLA, right, or somewhere like Arizona. This is how I look at it because UCLA, there's no, there's no reason why UCLA shouldn't be landing five stars without even trying, right, in their sleep. But they don't. But even the athletes at UCLA, I really think, 100% honest, if Oregon State played UCLA last season, I think Oregon State comes out with a win there. And Arizona, don't get me wrong, Arizona put a they, – they, they whooped us. They really did, but – that's just because it was bad play. I really don't think it's athlete to athlete. I just think it's the fact that this team, they don't know how to win. They really don't. Just like that, you know, that uh, Nevada game, the Oregon State had every chance in the world to win that game, right? And we know, obviously, we know what the end result was and what happened, but that just comes with understanding how to win. Like, you have to prepare yourself to do that and prepare yourself to, you know, be in that situation. Oregon State hasn't been in that situation because most of the time, even, you know, even my last season when we won four games, Right there's a chance we could have beat Stanford, we could have beat UCLA. We just didn't know how to close because not all of us knew how to win. So, I don't think it's an athlete problem. I think it was just a inexperience, not understanding how to win. And to be quite frank, they're just they weren't a good football team. You can have good players, but not be a good football team. So, that is that. But I think you know I think they win four to five games. I really do. And I think you know this is how I know that I'm pretty confident about it. it's got is because I think Brandon Sprague said they he thinks they can win four or five games. I think he said okay, that. Okay, so see, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because do they have some good athletes? Yes, but I don't know if we're quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I but, mean, I mean, just I'm, I'm just looking athlete to athlete. I mean, yeah. I still think there's some talent gap there. But what I'm seeing 
you know, after being at the combine and, and seeing them work and seeing the work ethic that's going in and hearing from people around the program, just that the culture is shifting that I do think, you know, that those are the type, those types of teams are dangerous because mm-hmm. they may not have the talent to beat you to beat other teams in the PAC 12, but they have that work, work ethic and that mentality um, that some teams will overlook them and that they have that grind factor. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I, I still think recruiting needs to improve. Um, I'm not saying it's the worst class in, in OSU history, but it, it, they have to keep taking steps forward in recruiting. But I do think we are starting to see some of that maybe overachieving factor that might come into play. But God, I look at that schedule and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a tough schedule. I think, you know, it is a, it is a tough schedule, but I see. And here's the thing. I never, you never know with, like a Oklahoma State because sometimes they're really good. I know that they're, you know, offensively they're up there, right? That's just how that conference is. They just know how to score points, which uh-huh. obviously if we have our defense that we had last year, then that's going to be a, a big problem. But another thing to keep in mind, though, is that if it comes to shootouts, Oregon State can do that because firepower-wise on offense, they're right there. So that's why I say sometimes when I look at the schedule, I'm like, Wow, we could beat them. Oregon State, you just have to play bad, like defensively. You just have to play bad. <laughs> you don't have to play good. You don't have to play great. You don't have to play okay. You just have to play bad. And you I think that they at least close the gap in some of those games, but you never know, right? And that's why I say this spring is going to be a big indicator of what we see because if the defense comes out and they look like trash, then I'm going to be quite frank with people then we might see the exact yeah. same defense. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it because I can't do it anymore. You know, there's no there's no excuse that the players just can't perform, then they can't perform. Then we just need a new defense, right? But yeah. that's yeah. only if we don't see improvement. And this would be what the third the third spring in a row that we wouldn't see, you know, any improvement. So that's that. Very good. Okay, here for the Beavers have a, a kind of a, a longer question, but he says it's safe to say that Beaver believers he knows and trusts the coaching staff and the players to improve next year. For those of us wishing to buy in on season tickets or multiple games, what information does the AD need to put out there to show us where the money is going so that we know that they are taking action to run an effective and efficient organization? Jeez, Angie, that might be that's, it. That's like, that's like deep. That's deep thoughts here for the Beavs. I was going to say, is that is that like a you question? Is that a me yeah, question? Yeah, that's probably me. You know, we've been talking a lot about this in the Lodge and, and just kind of what we want to see from it, what people want to see from the athletic department. You know, I really want to see them um, show that they're committed to this team by, you know, they need to make ticket price, you know, have some promos or give them out to the, the youth football. And I know I've harped on that a couple couple weeks in a row now, but, you know, get youth football teams down there. Um, just work on selling out the stadium, lower concession costs, you know, make it, Make it easier. Make it a no-brainer for people. Because right now, people are saying, I could either go down and spend a couple hundred dollars going to a Beaver game and deal with traffic and expensive food options, or I can sit and watch it on my HDTV mm-hmm. and take up three hours as opposed to all day. Right. That makes. I mean, that makes so, sense, too. And that's, that's a way – here for the Beavers, that's a, that's a lodge question, though. And we'll have Marcus come in and, and weigh in on that. But um, hopeful Beavs says who surprised you the most at the beaver combine i i would have to say omar i mean i like i said i was really impressed by him mm-hmm. absolutely and, and then oh go ahead oh i was gonna say you know you're, you're right omar stands out to me a lot i knew i i know omar pretty well and so um i didn't it surprised me because i never i didn't think his you know he got that much better that quick 
but I already knew his his potential that he had. But you know that just seeing that kind of put the icing on the cake for me, saying, "Yeah, this guy is this is this is a guy that Oregon State needs that people need to follow because he's he's been through it all, right?" And then you come back, and and he's far from home. Mm -hmm. He's a Texas kid, so you know this isn't. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy, but he performed well. He He's probably the most surprising for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it says, do you think, uh, this is hopeful, second part, do you think the Beaver Combine will become a yearly event? Do you see an opportunity to use this to increase fan engagement? Yes. Um, I, you know what I wish they would have done? And I asked Coach Smith if they did this, and they didn't. But I would have liked to see them at least do all the testing mm-hmm. before they started, like, you know, right early January, so they had something to compare it to. Right. Um, to and you know that's important, you know, just to see kind of where they were and what what they did. Um, but you know, I think it, there's an opportunity there. I mean, I was there, and I mean, it's not the most exciting thing in the world to to watch them run forties and, and do broad jumps. And but I think if they if they planned it out, it could really be a a cool thing. They could they could live stream it. They could be posting scores, make it more like the NFL Combine because. You know, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, nobody cared about the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it wasn't a big deal. And now you have people that are, you know, they sit by their TV watching it, and it's—I mean, dude, you're watching guys run forties. It's like watching paint dry, honestly. But people do it, so you know, I, I think there is an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were given strict instructions that we couldn't share times, and but you know, that's the stuff people want to hear. They yeah. want to—they want to see that stuff. So. Um, Absolutely. I think that's a, a great, you know, great way to uh, increase some fan engagement there. Yeah, it is. It is a great way, but it's just, you know, that, well, that's the thing too. That's just the, what people want to hear, right? Like if you're going to go to the combine and I get it, right. It's obviously they want to be kind of secretive in a way and not give out any, numbers, they want to be but, secretive and then they want to do their splash. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean like, but it shouldn't take them. I and mean, this was run Friday mm-hmm. and they're now Monday releasing this stuff. I mean, the top five guys, right. That's, I don't know. I mean, take advantage, build some momentum. I get it. They're trying to space it out and, you know, they need kind of, I don't want to say all the help they can get right now, but, you know, momentum and interest is down for Oregon State football right now. So, um, but, you know, it was good. It was good for, uh, you know, I was, the only media outlets there was myself and Nick Daschle from the Oregonian, but, um, you know, it was good. I mean, it was kind of pro day like. Well, that's good. See, it's just, so, uh, I think they'll build off that. I think, yeah, I, I think, think they, they can will. totally build off it. I mean, I know Washington is have, holding theirs today. And um, some of the players that they thought that Coach Smith was kind of modeling this after what the Huskies do. And um, no, I, and the, and the, and the end of the day, the players liked it. They were smiling, excited. Um, and it, it's a, a good motivating tool for them to see all their hard work actually mm-hmm. has paid off. And then they have uh, a section, goal to chase. Yeah, exactly. So section 126 Beavers asked with our number one quarterback Garbers off the board, who's the new number one. And we have a realistic shot at landing. Um, so right now, Shane Illingsworth, and I would say he's probably number one or Jay Butterfield, both, um, you know, Illingsworth, I would say right now is probably a long shot. I mean, his top two right now would, if I had a, a gun to my head, I would say Arkansas and Washington state. But um, he's definitely in the running, wants to come out and visit this summer. And then Jay Butterfield actually has a lot of offers, just picked up his Beaver offer. He is going to try to be out here this spring, possibly in March. So we might see him on campus here in the next week or two uh, with spring camp starting. You know, he told us that 
the coaches really want him to sit down with them and, and spend time looking at film and, and kind of going over what they do and how they run the program. So um, I, I, I would say Jay Butterfield is kind of QB 1A right now as far as targets go. But again, he's a Stanford legacy. And, you know, if Stanford pulls the trigger on him, his dad played at Stanford back in the 90s. That that might be a tough one to pass up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, Angie. Do you got another question for us? Oh, let's see. Um, Mr. Gray asks. Um, we passed about which after the combine, which position group passed the eyeball test? Gosh, I mean, they all looked pretty good. You know, the wide receivers. I, they haven't released the speed or the forty times yet, but I can tell you there was some fast uh, numbers put up by the wide receivers. Josiah Irish. From what I have seen, from the numbers I've seen, he is the fastest guy in the team. So, you know, we're talking 4-3 range. So um, those guys really put in some work. Um, But I thought they all passed the eyeball test. I thought they all looked like they had um, slimmed down in certain cases, you know, firmed up. So um, they they looked to be in good shape. Um, And then comparably speaking, does the O-line or D-line look like they've been pushing more iron since the end of the season? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to to gauge those guys. I mean, I did. I got a picture I posted on Blitz of Evan Bennett, the new D lineman, and the guy is built. I mean, his lower half is like a tree trunk. He's huge. Um, but the O lineman looked like uh, they were in pretty good shape as well. They they actually looked like they might have leaned up a little bit. I was going to so, say just um, just to keep in mind, um, put keep keep this in mind is that the Often, like the linemen, offensively and defensively. So when my when Coach A and his staff were there, and they had a benchmark which everyone thought was super cool. Me, I was like, this isn't cool because it's not going to help us as much as we really think. Um, it's the the baseline for say a running back. You had to squat if you you had to. You absolutely had to squat at least five hundred pounds, at least right, which is a lot. And then yeah, you have to at least bench three hundred pounds. That's super cool. I get that. And I get that a lot of people think those numbers mean a lot because they do. They certainly do. But you have to look, what is the Pac-12 conference? It's fast. It's fast. It's It's quick. You don't want your offensive line. And that was the thing. That's why the offensive line struggles sometimes is that we have these super big guys, but they're not athletic, right? If you get them too big, they're not going to be athletic, and they're not going to be able to stop anybody. Yeah, if they get their hands on them, but that's that's only if. That's more Wisconsin football, right? Mm -hmm. You want the big guys up front. Right. And so that's why – it's good that they've leaned out. I saw a picture of Gus. I was like, Gus looks good. Like Gus looks yeah, like he Gus lost does. a little weight and he looks athletic. He looks like he can move side to side. That's that's way more important, him being athletic, than him lifting a bunch of weight. Because all of yeah. us used to be able to lift a bunch of weight. They probably still can, obviously. I can't. But if you lift a bunch of weight and you just basically become a big old meathead, yeah, that'd be super cool. But when it comes down to trying to, you know, say uh, outside linebackers blitzing, then think about your tackle. If your tackle can't move side to side, then there's no point because, yeah, he might be strong and he might get his hands on him once every five snaps, but the other four snaps, he's blowing by you every time. So keep that in yeah. mind when when these numbers come out is that the more athletic and the quicker and faster they are, that's something to keep in mind, and that's something that's, I think, more important than just, you know, if you can if you can move a bunch of weight. So Yeah, the, the agility stuff is – I'm waiting for those numbers to, you know, pop up because – that's kind of where I want to see those linemen is in the agility. Um, and then this combine, we didn't do any bench press or anything. So there was no weight. We didn't get to see them 
put up weights. But no, I think eyeball test wise, they all looked, um, you know, like they'd, they'd, like they all put in work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's a good thing, Angie. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see what, what, you know, this strength staff has done for them. And, you know, I see some of the guys now and they look a lot better. They, they do. They look more athletic. But like I said, looks are deceiving. You, looks can be deceiving. We exactly. never know. And I don't want people to think, oh, the damn podcast, is, they're all jazzed up. And, you know, we're not trying to blow some smoke here. But, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, think, I feel like I think, I've I feel like I've been but super they're making positive, positive, positive steps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like we said, if the spring turns out to be good, then that's that's a great sign. Obviously, they're taking the next step. Then the step and they need to stay healthy this spring. And they I mean, need to stay healthy, all other, that. Yeah, stay healthy. And, you know, like we always say, it all comes down to winning games. You win more games, then that's where everything's going to get better. The players are going to feel better. Coach is going to feel better. The atmosphere is going to be better. Research will be packed. All those kind of things. That's why I'm saying it takes time, but I don't want to say time's running out, but now is the time, right? You already got a spring under your belt. Okay, we get that. Now it's time for Coach Smith and his staff. We have to see improvement. We do. We have to, and especially yep. defensively. Offensively, I think they did. Defensively, if if we don't see improvement, expect another rough season of defense because we'd be going on, what, year four of rough defense? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not ready for that. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, headbutt my walls or punch holes in my walls because I get too Yeah, upset. I mean, especially when you look at the defense. I mean, they're pretty much starting at the bottom. There's really not nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's something to keep in mind. Angie, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, but we'll, our team will be down in Corvallis tomorrow for the first day of fall camp. So make sure to uh, check out Beaver Blitz. We'll have notes in the lodge as well as uh, post, post-practice post information. Absolutely. And uh, if there's any, you know, any obviously questions you guys have, any, you know, we didn't have a guest on this damn podcast, so... Uh, whoever wants to be our next our next uh, listener guest, please, like I said, either message me, message Angie, message the damn podcast page on Twitter, ask it in the lodge. Regardless, just uh, just let us know, and obviously you can hop on. So, uh, Angie, if you don't have anything else, no, uh, nope, it's all good. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys so much to listen for listening to another episode of the damn podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. We'll be back next week on Monday, and we're going to break down what we saw at spring practice.